0: Hi everyone, I'm John Offred, I'm a broadcaster based in the UK and welcome to Different Minds, a podcast series that looks at neurodiversity, the different ways our brains can work and interpret information. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Aspire Autism Consultancy, the leading providers of autism and ADHD training, educating and enabling families, therapists and healthcare professionals to gain knowledge and understanding of neurodiversity. The courses are written by two specialist psychotherapists and include the voices and lived experiences of neurodivergent individuals. For further details, go to www.aspireautismconsultancy.co.uk. Today, we're going to talk about autism. I am delighted to be joined by television researcher Nick Ransom, who was diagnosed with autism in 2017. Nick, welcome to the show. Hi John, thanks very much for having me. So Nick, you were diagnosed with ASD in 2017. So I just wondered what what made you get a diagnosis as an adult.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a strange one. So yeah, I I I started at university in 2015, um, and yeah, I was I always got a sense of being yeah different around you know people and having that kind of social anxiety. I couldn't quite work it out. I was more somebody that was in my own head than than actually spending at times with other other people, I guess. Um, And then it got to about um, yeah a year into being at university. And yeah, it'd always been a bit of a struggle at home with my parents. And um, they couldn't quite understand it because at school and, you know, uh, when I was volunteering and stuff like that, I was always fine. But I'd come home and kind of, yeah, let my anxieties out on them, unfortunately. And and they took the brunt of it, to be fair. Um, And it was a case where, yeah, uh, you know, I would just react to very small things like if I don't know my laptop wasn't working or the printer broke or you know something like that it would just send me over the edge and I'd, I'd have these terrible kind of um yeah tantrums I guess and and it got to whilst I was at university and they kind of thought right well he's reaching the end of his teenage years this probably isn't you know normal in inverted covers and um and yeah my mum my went to her GP kind of yeah behind my back really and said said to my GP oh this is you know this is what's up with my son kind of thing um, and and yeah he kind of said oh have you thought about autism or Asperger's um, and so yeah I didn't know any of this until my mum came home and said uh, yeah Nick you might have <laughs> Asperger's and I was kind of yeah I was a bit kind of had a bit well not so much of an, I had a bit of an ego I think when I was younger and I'd like to think I, I don't have that as much or I took you know at all anymore um, and yeah my mum said to me yeah you might have Asperger's and I said no I don't you know that's I was always um, I was almost you know quite shocked and um, dismissive of any sort of suggestion of a, a disability so yeah uh, my mum went all right well you know just something to think about and it got to um, a few months later when I was at uh, Reading Pride um, during the summer and I was with my then partner at the time and there was about we had about 10, 10 people of us in total and I don't know that day it felt like uh, you know I've never been one to go to kind of music and, and go out on that scale before um, and it just kind of built as a result of my my then partner but yeah uh, it was it was a very intense day and there was you know lots of loud music and lots of people and people were dancing and I just didn't I felt like a switch was kind of off inside me really so it was a case where um, yeah I was driving home that day and I thought hmm what, 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 what's up with me today what's what's happened and the only thing I could think about was what my mum came to me with and she said oh yeah you might have Asperger's or autism so literally as soon as I got through the door I remember kind of immediately researching and doing my research and just checking uh, everything I could ever find on on autism Um, and within you know a few days I'd kind of gone from one to a hundred and going yeah I I want this diagnosis and that you're you're, you're bang on mum and I, I couldn't believe that she'd kind of if anything it was a kind of yeah a rescue attempt in in some in some ways and she managed to yeah save me from myself and has almost set me on a path which yeah would i have got here if, if i'd not known that i was autistic maybe
0: maybe, maybe not i'm still yeah working that out <laughs> I, I imagine it was a very emotional time for you then and, and, and a huge relief in one aspect
1: yeah it was it was strange to get a, a, a reason yeah and and that was just you know a, a lot of people i think when um, they're younger if they're diagnosed with autism, are, are kind of given a sense of of shame and difference, and you know you're not you know you're not perfect kind of thing. um Whereas for me, because I'd, I'd you know I'd struggled through my childhood at school and I'd um struggled making friends and and that kind of thing, and I'd always been very obsessed with media and TV, and I, you know it was it was more intense and and you know bigger than anyone else I've ever ever, ever seen than you know having an interest in in these sort of things. So. Yeah, it was it was it was a massive relief, and I remember the diagnosis, which came, I think, in the February, and, and obviously while well, Pride was during August. Um, so I was very lucky to get a, a quick di- diagnosis, and you know, I know how privileged I am to have that.
0: Did you kind of tell all your friends and family straight away at the beginning, or was there a? Did you did you kind of was there any point where you tried to tried to hide it or anything like that?
1: No, I think I've always been a very open book perhaps a bit too open sometimes but i think when it got to yeah the diagnosis you know I, I told on um i'm not sure if i told people i was going but i remember telling my grandma afterwards um and she's always been very fine incredibly with the fact that you know i'm gay and as somebody who's in her 80s that i'm very lucky again to have that um and and then when i i told her that you know i had i had asperger's or, or autism i was diagnosed with autism because you know it's changed and she um she couldn't quite believe it. And I think it was, again, a, a situation where she didn't want a label put on me. She didn't want her grandson being, you know, described as disordered or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it took a, it took a bit of explaining. Um, but I think in the end, a lot of people just kind of all oh, right. It it kind of makes sense. And and yeah, I don't remember there much being much of an issue after that first conversation.
0: Nick what would you say to people that say well you know I'm a bit sensitive to noise if someone's eating an apple and they're making a lot of noise it would irritate me and distract me from doing what I'm doing or I like to do routine and it doesn't mean I'm autistic what would you say to people that say a lot of the traits uh, they they relate to too and and they're not autistic so how is it different? Yeah it's, it's a very strange one I think
1: I think officially it comes as a kind of combination of symptoms and um and that's what it is it's like a yeah a rainbow where you've got all the colors in essentially and some people have will you know identify with some of the colors but won't have all of them if that if that makes sense so um so yeah I think it's it's a tricky one a tricky one to explain but yeah it's you know I don't tend to go out in social groups like massive social groups any more than three probably is going to be quite boring for me you know I like to uh, (laughs) I like to chat and I like to be you know involved in one-to-one communication where you've got you know, a better sense of being able to understand someone, and there's less interruptions, and it's, it's a bit sort of safer if that makes makes sense.
0: I know you said on the previous podcast that you, you tend to be, well, you were at one point obsessive with someone's flaws, and you have very high standards, and you you can never work in black and white in a relationship. But you did leave your partner at the time. Just 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 tell me about that. How 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 you come to how you came to leave your your ex partner, and for what you said were insignificant things essentially I was at university I was just about to finish my degree and
1: we'd met just before Christmas and I went home down south for Christmas so we, we weren't together and it was a case where my mind just started doing overtime and I remember just over Christmas just thinking is this right is this right you know to the nth degree again and yeah I got back in January and um, yeah I wasn't starting university again until February so I had a lot of sort of spare time where I was able to think and um, agonize over it and yeah I decided to to leave and um and yeah it was a, it was a few months where we um yeah didn't didn't see each other much and but he was still somebody that supported me and said you know I'll be your friend even if you want to to move on so that was almost a moment where I was like oh this this is somebody who really cares about me so we actually managed to rekindle things in the end and and he was you know very supportive of the fact that you know I was I was struggling with this so yeah it turned out turned out okay and actually um. Yeah, it, we've, we've been together about three years now. So good
0: to hear. Do you think that's because you have awareness of yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm a very, uh, as I say, I'm. I'm such a perfectionist, and I have such a high standard for myself that I can. I'm always analysing and always, always thinking about things. So, I think. Yeah, if you, if you realise something's not quite right, then, um, yeah, it, it it's kind of distinguishing between thoughts and feelings, and that's something that still, uh you know, yesterday I was talking to my my counsellor and my therapist about, um, just in terms of you know, how do you work things out? And am I worrying about something that doesn't really matter, or is, does it really matter? And um, yeah, I'm slowly learning, learning what's right and and what's less less important, I guess.
0: This is quite a question. Go on. In your opinion, are there any parallels of your experience as a gay man and and that of being autistic?
1: Mm, it is a strange one. Yeah, I don't. I, I've come across a few gay autistic people, but very few. But I do think perhaps, um, and I was thinking about this recently, that, that there might be a you know, a safety to being with, with guys potentially. And, um, that, that's kind of where the autism thing, thing comes in and that I don't like change and, and and it's kind of, you know, I know what I'm dealing with as it were, if that makes any sense. Um, so, so yeah, there's a part of me that thinks that, yeah, that kind of lines up, but, um, but that's obviously only very specific in my case. I mean, there's, there's obviously lots of (laughs) straight autistic people. So, but yeah, I think there's, there's an element for me where, yeah, I kind of know what, what I'm getting maybe, um, with guys and it a bit bit easier to understand perhaps. Um, so, so yeah, those are the two parallels, I guess. But, um, yeah, I came out in 2013 whilst I was at, uh, whilst I was at school actually, just after I finished my, um, yeah, my 11th year, my year 11. So, um, so yeah, I've kind of come out twice in a way. Um, and yeah, I I never expected to have a, a second label on me, I guess, when, when, when I was, yeah, coming out, I guess.
0: So what advice would you give to other LGBTQ plus people on the spectrum
1: yeah I mean I think it's just be be proud you know it's a very easy thing to say isn't it but be proud of yourself and recognize that your your experience and your um, your qualities are still still important and I think you know I think we've come obviously a long way with with LGBT rights and that's very exciting but I think there's so much more to do in terms of disability and i and i was i think I, I said recently in a, in a Podcast that I feel much more closely aligned to the uh, autistic community than I do with the LGBT community, and I think um, you know I've had arguments with my partner about this, or in discussions, shall we say, about the fact that well, you know, why don't you feel as closely connected to the LGBT department, uh, (laughs) department, Um, LGBT um, community, you know? And it was uh, I think because I think initially when I I kind of came out as as gay you know i i only saw pride as the kind of real thing that i could connect with i guess um and and therefore when i you know and pride is quite a big loud event isn't it and so naturally that doesn't you know draw me in um and and yeah so i i feel more aligned to my my autistic identity than i do with my kind of lgbt identity i guess because um I don't see much of the LGBT community essentially, um, and I'm more, I guess, more, panish, more passionate about, um, yeah, autistic things because I think there's, I still think there's more to do with the, um, and not to say that we're there with, um, you know, LGBT rights, but I think we've we've come such a long way, and I'm, I'm very lucky and I'm, and I know privileged to be able to say that being, you know, I've never had any homophobic abuse and I've never had anybody, you know, take the mick out of me really since I, I came out, so. So yeah, I think hopefully that's that's you know provides hope for people. But um, but yeah, that is my reality now, and that I, I feel like I can do more for the the autistic community or the neurodiverse community, I should say.
0: Yeah, and on that then, it's interesting, isn't it? It was only uh, nineteen seventy three that the American Psychiatric Association voted to remove homosexuality from its list of mental illnesses. Yeah, I mean it's
1: it's interesting because I, I think back to yeah, if I've been around, you know even 50 years ago life would have been very very difficult for me you know I, you know I would have had two disorders on me I would have I, I, I'd have probably been in an institution which sounds sounds comical but it that's that would would probably have been the reality um at, at some point and, or everything would have had to you know I would have had to hide everything and um yeah maybe maybe I wouldn't have been in in an institution or, or whatever because I would have been able to hide it and to be fair you know I did hide being autistic for what 20 years 19 years um and yeah I'm not somebody that that comes across as overly camp, I don't think, so i've you know I probably could have got away with it. I don't think I would have been happy but um but yeah, if anybody had got a, a sense of it, I think yeah things could have been could have been very difficult for me
0: so it's interesting, isn't it? you mentioned we, we we've heard the words disorder and disability in in this discussion when when it's talking mm. about autism and and I guess you know at the minute there's a massive paradigm shift in the language that we are using around the neurodivergent. Community. and I just wondered what what your thoughts were on that in terms of like will the word autism even exist in twenty to thirty years time
1: um if,
0: yeah, I think that's the question
1: isn't it I mean I think it will I think the word disorder end might end up changing I mean personally um I don't have a problem with it in the sense that um you know there are more neurotypical people than there are autistic people and naturally we're gonna end up um fitting around them i mean it's it's a shame, but that's the reality and and minorities will always be labelled as, as other, as it were, um, which is not to say it's right. But I think in terms of, you know, you know, if there's, if there's less of us, then that's going to make make more sense. Um, but it's not to say that we shouldn't celebrate our positives. And for me, I'm somebody that thinks in in terms of media that we need more positive representation out there and, and maybe changing the language might help with that. And um, but in, in terms of saying, yeah I, i'm disordered you know i'm disordered in disordered in some areas of my life um perhaps it's more you know um 100 percent on one side and well maybe not that i mean i'm saying what am i trying to say um that one area of your life might be amazing and the other areas of your life you might not be so skilled at whereas other people neurodiverse also oh, neurotypical people might be more 50 50. um so i i think it's tr- it's tricky and the black and white side of thinking might make us more disordered um so I, as i say i don't really have a problem with it personally but i can i can see why people do yeah
0: what what do you think needs to be done then in terms of media representation when it comes to autism
1: yeah it's it's a it's a funny one i mean th- there is at the moment and there's there's a, there's lots more you know talk around autism and it does get more limelight than it used to but i do think there's still a an undertone that that has a element of it's a it's a bad thing and it's it's you know it's they're struggling and it's a disability and it's and and don't get me wrong, and I say this in every um interview I do that you know some people do really struggle with being autistic and need support on a daily basis and and it's it's right that it's it's considered a disability, but I think it's important that we also reflect the the positives of it and um I think you know the talk about superpowers and all these all these things, which is great, but I think I think it needs to be more of a, a balanced sort of, you know, yes, we struggle some of the time, but we also have good times as well. And I think sometimes it can be either one or the other that's kind of portrayed. So for me, I, I'm currently developing a, a programme um, for a, a, a broadcaster around neurodiversity and, and, the, you know, the positives of it, of it and, and how being obsessive can be a, a great thing. And, um, you know, that's, it's basically the epitome of what I, I think should be out there. So whether that comes off or not i don't know but that's that's what i believe should be be out there more is is positive representations of of autistic and neuro, neurodiverse people
0: what are your views on um, the fact that aspergers was amalgamated into the um, autism spectrum in 2013 some people say that the the spectrum's too broad in one sense that you have people that were formally diagnosed with aspergers uh, that are very the, the old term people would use to say is high functioning uh, you know uh, people that are able to be very uh to communicate and be very uh, they're very articulate at one end of the scale and at the other end of the scale you have people with communication impairments that, that struggle to, to to communicate and people how can they be on the same spectrum
1: yeah it's it's a, it is a tricky one um because i think there's there's probably now a confusion in the sense that you know when i say to people i'm autistic they're like really like really because they're probably still associating you know my my way of thinking with asperger's and so it's it's finding language that people are you know feel comfortable with and i think even you know i've been speaking to to people in the community recently who who don't like the the term high functioning which to be honest i used for a, a long time because i think their their idea is that um, low functioning sounds sort of very harsh and that they will have abilities and skills as well that aren't being being utilized so I think I think that their idea of of think uh, of thinking about it now is perhaps saying um, needs more support or uh, doesn't require as much support and that gives a better sense of of their life um, so yeah I think it's a good conversation that we're having around language um, but in terms of Asperger's I think yeah I do feel a bit for the people who have who were diagnosed as having Asperger's and now don't really have a a, a label that's recognised. Um, but I think, you know, time will, you know, time will pass and people will still recognise the term Asperger's and still
0: and identify with what, what they want to identify with, can't they, essentially? Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, Asperger's is still a way which, I, you know, I, I still obviously talk a lot about. And, and, and if some people aren't quite understanding it, then I can kind of throw that in the mix to, to kind of, Bring some perspective. So, yeah, I think I think both terms will be around for a long time. I can't imagine, um, you know, despite the the new criteria of diagno- uh, diagnosing people, it, it'll change. Um, no.
0: I want to talk about the neurodiversity movement, which is a viewpoint that brain differences are normal rather than deficits and some people have argued that it, 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 it's a it's a particular viewpoint like feminism was and and it's not a viewpoint that everyone shares and i guess neurodiversity is more about celebrating difference rather than saying that autism is something that needs to be treated or it is more the, the neurotypical world that needs to uh, adapt what they do uh, rather than anything that an autistic person would have to 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 do what 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 thoughts on that
1: yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I think there is an element um around yeah neurotypical people adapting to us, and I think there's always a um, an idea that you know we should be adapting to them. But actually, I think it it works both ways, and and it's important that um that that we are accommodating that uh, and that everybody is given given a chance. Um, but I think as a, as a term, neurodiversity is something that's that's great to be able to to talk about when you're discussing um yeah diversity of thought which is how how it's described so yeah in terms of you know when i'm talking about it um it it's a fantastic term that encompasses so many things but yeah it it it, it encompasses you know dyspraxia dyslexia adhd and it, it's kind of a a bigger club as it were which is i think good because then you can relate to more people and you'll probably come across you know more like-minded people so yeah and it's a, it's a great term to be kind of talking about in the workplace which you know, still in many organisations that I come across haven't heard of it, and it's it's lovely to be able to explain it to them. But I think neurodiversity as a term and and as a movement has to be given more um, respect by you know HR managers and and businesses in general to be able to you know get a better workforce and therefore um, a more inclusive environment and and potentially better results.
0: So you talked about your diagnosis and that that it was a relief for you and um, it kind of helped you make sense of your life at the time and so would you say that there, 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 there are lots of benefits that for you then personally with your diagnosis
1: yeah a hundred percent I mean in terms of uh in terms of work like I had an interview yesterday for a, a new uh documentary and they they said uh as, as they were talking about the role they said we're looking for um somebody who's really detail orientated and I, <laughs> I just laughed because I was like well yeah detail I'm Mr. Detail uh, I'd like to think um so in terms of like editing and in terms of um you know documentation and i'd like to think my attention to detail is is up in the 90s somewhere you know it's it's uh, it's never going to be 100% because you everyone makes mistakes don't they but i'd like to think i'm i'm a very obsessive person when it comes to um reviewing things and and even in terms of like the visual side of tv like whether a graphic's slightly out of position or whether something yeah hasn't hasn't quite been consistent across the program i think that's
0: that's the benefit i bring Really, really interesting conversation today. Uh, Nick, I just wondered if you had the opportunity to, to give your younger self some advice, what might that be?
1: It's, it's, it's a tricky one. I think about this often, actually. I, you know, I think, actually, what would I say to myself? I'd say, actually, probably have more confidence in yourself. You're actually you're actually doing well. You know, I think, um, you know, if I knew that I had autism, I'd say to myself, you know, cut yourself some slack. You're doing pretty well here, you know. Um, For somebody who hasn't uh, has been uh, who has been diagnosed with a social disorder, you're quite a social person. Maybe not as much as the average neurotypical person, but your your social skills are are up there. And I think I think the fact that I didn't know I was autistic meant that I tried harder with my social skills because I was playing catch up, as it were, and I was trying to catch, you know, I was trying to trying to fit in, as it were. Whereas I think if I knew that I was autistic, I might have just taken my foot off the pedal a bit and gone right, you know, I've got a have got an issue here. You need to you need to accept that. So. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I would say, you know, everything will turn out okay. And actually you can still be successful even with, with a disorder or or disability or whatever. So it just comes down to, I think when you're autistic is it's, it's following your passions and trying to live a normal life through that.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's, it's really great to hear that that you're doing so well with, with your media career and that you are singing the praises of, of the neurodivergent community. And, and, and yeah, it's really uh, great to see that that you are obviously making a difference and and it's important that we should be celebrating differences and i, I guess after all that's it's two difference that we learn more isn't it and achieve more
1: yeah 100 percent and i mean you know i talk about this all the time but diversity of thought different people the way people think is a really really important characteristic to have in in the workplace i mean we talk about you know gender and sexuality a lot and race and all these things um but actually you know diversity of thought is is you know as important if not more so because that's that's you know how we make things that's how we produce programs and that's how we we get work done is by thinking and working our problems so um i do think generally not just in media but across the whole of society we need to be thinking right how can we get how can we maximize the strengths of um or take advantage of the strength of, of neurodiverse people and actually create a world where um we can can reap the benefits if that makes sense absolutely
0: nick thanks again it's been a pleasure speaking to you today
1: Thanks very much, John. It's been great to chat. All the best.